0: to another episode of the Planet Fantasy Podcast, and as always, we are your hosts, Damon and Kyle. How's it going, man?
1: Not bad, man. I'm just uh, finishing like a day binge of the show Atlanta. I don't know how I missed this show before now, but I think I saw like a random couple episodes, but uh, I forgot it was on Hulu, so I'm almost on with season one after today. How are you?
0: I'm good. I've watched season one only. I need to go back and watch season two. I believe they're filming seasons three and four back to back right now. Yeah. You know, I'm doing work. Let's see. I am currently still watching Fringe. I'm on season four, you know, uh, so that's pretty fun. Um, I'm also, you know, doing a bunch of first watches of movies. Guess what, everybody? I finally watched Whiplash. For anyone keeping up, uh, you know, I've been saying I was going to watch it and finally did. It was amazing. Very intense. Um, watched A Star is Born. That was great. Watched A Little Shop of Horrors. That mm. was super fun, you know. So just kind of been on a little kind of musical binge, so to say. But also we have our guest. Uh, I think it's his fifth or fifth time. You know, he just keeps on coming back for for more. Ryan, how's it going?
2: Uh, i'm good uh yeah i'm like uh i'm like jordan i just keep adding rings to the finger uh about <laughs> five or, or six at this point so
0: nice well, what are you up to as far as the any watches or or shows going on yeah
2: so um it's funny one of my uh favorite podcasters outside of you guys is uh, joanna robinson she does a lot of um fancy stuff and she Sort of referred to um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and other and other like shows like that as like kicky punchy shows compared to like WandaVision. So I've <laughs> uh, I've been in that kind of mood. So I've been watching season two of Batwoman, which is interesting. Um, it's definitely better than the first season. I feel like they're still working through some of the kinks, um, but uh, it's it's good so far. And um, I'm actually. Rewatching uh, Winter Soldier, the movie, to um, sort of like refresh myself on uh, the origins of uh, Sam and uh, Bucky in the universe.
0: I dig it. Where do you rank Winter Soldier on your list of MCU movies?
2: Oh, it's right up there. Um, I was telling a friend I have a rotating top three of Winter Soldier, Black Panther, and Thor Ragnarok, and um, <laughs> it. So yeah, at any point in time, it's it's one, two, or three, depending on That's how I'm feeling. A-
0: that's a pretty popular three. Mine's the same except Infinity War, Winter Soldier, Endgame. Those are my three. Like at any point yeah. in time, I'm like that one's the one. Yeah. Kyle, you know yours is like a like pretty close.
2: Uh, yeah,
1: it's, Guardians Two is like my solid number one. I don't think that's ever changed. But Winter Soldier and um, Winter Soldier and the first Guardians, like they kind of trade back and forth for number two constantly so yeah
0: big guardians love can't wait for the third
1: (laughs) and the holiday special
0: (laughs) yes that one's gonna be i don't know where they're gonna go with that one you know i'm so ready well then we are not here to talk mcu but you know maybe someone will who knows uh we're here for a pretty fun exercise guys i'm ready for this one uh we are doing our dream video game draft Okay, Kyle, break it down for the people.
1: Yeah, so uh, you know these gonna these are gonna end up being like my favorite kinds of drafts, guys. We are basically um, this is our hypothetical scenario where the three of us are given boatloads of money to just make the, whatever video game we want, and we are gonna break it down with some specific uh, aspects of these games. So we're gonna give you know our title of the game. Um, We're going to break down the developer, the studio that's making this game. We're going to give you kind of like the base premise, um, what the game's about, what kind of world you're in as the player. Um, We'll break down kind of what type of game is, what the gameplay and the mechanics of the game look like um, and the art style. Um, And then we'll break down kind of like our main characters, you know, who you play if you play more than one character. Uh, who you interact with in the game, and then uh, we'll wrap it up with an X factor, our, our one big reason why you should uh, why you should buy this game today or play this game today. Um, and as always, uh, we're gonna play a list game to decide the order. So, what's our list game this week, Damon?
0: We are doing the ABCs of video games. Pretty simple, but who knows how long we'll go. Uh, that's always my favorite part. You know, I think the longest game was which one? Can you remember? maybe
1: uh, um you know we went for a good bit two weeks ago for the um the, for uh andrea's episode i think we had like tv couples tv that, couples that went for a good solid bit i think because we opened it up past 1960s that yeah we had some mileage <laughs> and,
0: <laughs> and that was not apcs apcs is a whole nother animal so right. uh, let's see how far we go ryan let's kick us off with a and uh i guess Kyle, you'll go b i'll go c Alright. Cool.
2: Um okay for A, I will go with Ace Combat.
1: That's a good one. Um B I'll go Batman Arkham Asylum.
0: C Crash Bandicoot. Uh
2: I guess that's me for D. Um uh Deadpool. Did
0: nice. they make a Deadpool game? I mean I, I guess it they did. of course they have, but
1: yeah. was it good? I think it was. It was great. It was interesting. <laughs> Nolan North was a surprisingly good Deadpool. Um, let's see. E. E. Oh, Elder Scrolls, Skyrim.
0: Good one. Good one. S. Fallout.
2: Nice. Oh, cool! Gee, uh, Gears of War.
0: Got one.
1: Um, let's go with one that's getting a lot of love right now because I think it's free. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn.
0: It's about to be free. I think I'm getting that. Great. Getting that, so, <laughs> so I have I. Mhm. Well then.
1: Yeah. Thank God I didn't get that one. <laughs>
0: icarus
2: nice jay huh hmm oh uh jurassic world evolution i think it was called nice yeah Uh, Um, um let's go
1: with kingdom hearts
0: L, huh? League of Legends.
2: Cool. M. Oh, uh, Men of Valor, Vietnam.
1: Hmm. Good game. Um. Let's go for Need for Speed Hot Pursuit.
0: Classic. Nice. Oh. Hmm. Oh. hmm that oh man oddball is that what it was called it was like no (laughs) i i think i i think i'm out i can't think of anything
1: if you can make make a case for oddball i've never heard of it but maybe i don't know will someone
0: search it real quick
1: let me let me look it up
0: I feel like I remember seeing the case walking the aisles of Blockbuster over and over and over.
1: The <laughs> uh, like result I'm seeing is Oddball is a game mode in Halo, but uh, not its own, its own game.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, cross me out, guys.
1: <laughs> All right. So that takes us to Ryan for P. P.
2: Uh, oh, uh, Perfect Dark.
1: Mm, nice. Ah, oh,
2: my favorite letter,
1: um, Q. Oh, uh, um, Quake. Is there is there
2: a game called Quake?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay.
2: Okay. Um, Red Dead Redemption.
1: Solid. Um. Let's go with a game series that I really want, like, a new entry in, uh, Spyro. Oh,
2: yeah.
0: Okay. T. Um,
2: yeah, I'll go um, Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, the, like, movie game. Better than the movie itself. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: um nice yeah
2: oh you um hmm.
0: five four two one yeah you got anything, Ron?
2: Um, yeah. For would it be V, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, vampire.
0: No, no. You guy? right? You. It's you.
2: Oh wait. Okay. Yeah. Because sorry. Um, for you. Oh geez, that's tough. Are there any underworld games?
0: I, okay. I mean. I would to it. Um, <laughs> let, let's go and see. Do, are you calling it? Is that, is that your is that your uh, pick? Or are you going with something else?
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll say that's my pick. I got nothing else. Oh, until
1: dark! I forgot about until dark.
0: Underworld, uh, yeah, is a video yeah. game. Yep. Nice. Sweet. All right, Ryan, you have won the list game. Give us the order of this draft.
2: Okay. Um I will I'll have Kyle go first. Um I will go second and then Damon will go third.
0: Alright. There we go. All right. Kyle, start us off.
2: All right. So let's kick things
1: off again for this first um for this first round, we're just going to break down the title of our game and uh, the studio, the developer that's making the game. Um, so for mine, as always, with these kinds of drafts, the title is always my my least favorite part because I am the least creative person I know. Uh, but I am bringing to you uh, X-Men Mutants Rising. Um I got to make an X Men game. There were several IPs that I went between. It was like this or Game of Thrones, but I feel like Game of Thrones is way too big a world to tackle for a video game, and I'm not, I'm not the Skyrim people. So um, X Men Mutants Rising, and it's going to be developed by Insomniac Games. Um, they are the uh, relatively new studio responsible for uh, the PS4 Spider Man game and its spin-off the Miles Morales game that just came out recently. That one I haven't played yet, but I hear really good things. Um, I'm a huge fan of the, the PS4 Spider-Man game. It it was a tough task to top uh, Spider-Man 2, which I think is like one of the greatest like superhero games of all time. And I think it definitely topped it. I think, I, I don't know, it's just like one of my favorite Spider-Man stories in a long time. Um, Insomniac is a big, I don't know, They they with that game, they definitely cemented themselves as like one of the big developers I'm looking at for, for video games in the future so um yeah i figured i'd keep the marvel street going and have them jump to the world of uh the x-men
0: so nice of course we're gonna go with an x-men i love it ryan yeah. what do you think about this pick
2: i, I love it um you know I, I love x-men you know the property obviously in games like x-men legends and x-men legends 2 are 2 my like all-time favorite video games and i've sort of been been chasing one ever since um and uh, the studio, I think, is a great choice. I've I loved both the Spider-Man games. Um, I haven't finished the Miles Morales one yet, but it-, it is really great, and so I definitely would recommend that you check it out at some point, Kyle. Um, so yeah, I think it's a definitely a home run pick for both the game and the studio.
0: Um, I love it. I love X-Men. You know, uh, was this the name of your movie when we did X-Men? Uh...
1: Knowing me, it probably was.
0: <laughs> I can't remember either, but it sounds that very so long s- ago. familiar. It was
1: like back in May of last year, so I, I have no idea. But if it was, if you're listening, please call me on it. Please call me out.
0: <laughs> it's a good name, okay? I can't fault you. This could just be like the tie-in to your movie that you made. Yeah, Okay.
1: exactly. <laughs> uh,
0: I love X-Men games. Uh, you know, Ryan mentioned a couple. The one I remember growing up on was, I think, X-Men Children of the Atom. You know, it was like a fighting game based around Bastion, and I just played that over and over and over again. Uh, Bishop was like my favorite character in that. Can we please get a good Bishop in the live-action movies? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I love X-Men, and with a game, there's so many ways you can go. You can go arcade, you can go RPG, you can go super story and thematic, Um you know, maybe give us, like, a Super Injustice-style X-Men game. That'd be really cool. Um, An Insomniac. Love what they did with Spider-Man. Um, definitely probably my favorite game of 2018. Probably in the last five years, to be honest. Um, I, I loved it. Miles Morales, I bought Christmas Eve and finished by, like, before New Year's. It was so good <laughs> and addicting. Um, first game, actually, I've ever got 100% on. Uh, fun nice. fact. I'm. I i do not know. I'm just really bad at ever finishing a game all the way through. Like, if I finish story mode, I'm done. I'm done. you know, that's it. But this that game was great. So, I would love to see what they did with X Men, and which characters they're gonna topple. And I can just see the powers on the screen right now. I, I I love that, Kyle. I love the pick.
1: All right. So that takes us to Ryan. Break us or give us your title and who's uh, who's making your game. <laughs>
2: Yeah. So, um, similarly, like I, I don't have a super creative title, um, but I am uh, bringing a sequel finally to a long dormant video game uh, with a uh, Harry Potter Quidditch World Cup two. Um,
0: yes. <laughs> and and it's, I'm uh, winning this draft. Good God, guys, y'all suck. <laughs> and it's
2: it's gonna be um, EA Sports. Uh, not only did they do the original game, but they're pretty much the premier um, sports video game company. Uh, it's really between them and 2K Sports. Um, and, you know, they, they're certainly a solid company and they've had some good stuff. But with EA's history and, and what they're still doing with Madden and FIFA, it was a pretty easy choice. So.
0: Kyle, I know you love this game. Uh, how do you feel about the sequel being made?
1: Uh, yeah, man, I've been dying for like a remaster or a sequel to this game for years now. Um, I this is a perfect pick. This is it makes total sense. Uh, I think that, yeah, this is a home run, man, because or I guess a uh, whatever you call a home run in Quidditch, uh. The Quaffle score, (laughs) Uh, but this is perfect because we need like updated graphics and updated gameplay to Quidditch World Cup because the game is super fun but it's really dated. So yeah, this is this is perfect.
0: I love it. I've always been one of those people who really want to see the strategy being like shown in the game of Quidditch. You know, like there's so many different moves you read about in Quidditch through the through the ages, Um, and like we've you know we've seen kind of the moves like the Ronsky faint. Uh, you know, you see the chasers in their different formations. I just want to see what a game could do. Like, imagine, like, a FIFA level, like, manager level of Quidditch World Cup, like, putting your team together and and putting your strategy of how your team's going to run. Are they going to play super rough, Slytherin-style defense? Um, I can just see this game being super fun. I would buy it the first day, except I wouldn't, because if, if JK gets any money, I can't is someone is this jk's dead i'm a i'm a pirated okay ron i'm a pirate your game I hope it's like yeah I,
2: I mean since we're being theoretical in this game it's probably never happening anyway um in my theoretical universe jk r does not get any money from this because she sucks so there you go
1: Perfect. a plus i love it just give the money to ryan because he thought of it
0: <laughs>
2: now, i mean you, i wouldn't say no to that
0: <laughs> Did you question whether you should go with ea sports or go with a different company? Um, I mean, EA is, it's a very divisive company, you know, very polarizing.
2: Yeah, I, I thought about it. Um, well, like I said, the only ones I really considered were EA and 2K Sports. Um, I ended up just sticking with EA because of their track record and be able to, being able to produce quality um, sports games, and I, I really want to nail um, the gameplay with this. So they were, uh, they ended up being my choice, so.
0: I dig it. I can't wait. So we have a Marvel game and a Harry Potter game. I love it. Two of our favorite properties. Like, literally two of our favorite properties all across the board. I hate Um, (laughs) y'all. Because I came up with a completely original idea like a dumbass. That
1: just Um, makes you more creative than both of us.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So the name of my game is called Crete Paths of the Artist um crete spelled like c-r-e-a-t um pass of the artist and the game studio is going to be naughty dog uh you know uh, they started off with like crash bandicoot they graduated up to Un- uncharted you know and now we know them as the people behind last of us um they are a little controversial re- recently so in this ther- ther- theoretical world um, i own the company so that's cool it's not happening
2: there you go! Congratulations.
0: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, but with that, I, I just love Naughty Dog's vision. I, I love what what they did with the Last of Us games. Um, they hit that realism really well. I want to be able to have that visual kind of uh, appearance as far as the game goes. Um, but they also kind of have a lot of uh, variety as far as their type of games. You know, so I I really like that. So this game is going to be full of a bunch of different types of of gaming and, and ideas. So I think they would tackle that pretty well.
1: Ryan, what do you think?
2: Yeah, uh, I I like it. Um, You know, Naughty Naughty Dog is a good video game studio and, you know, as Damon listed off their bona fides, they're responsible for a lot of good games um, along the way. And uh, I'm very interested to see uh, how his idea pans out and where the game goes. But yeah, so far I think it's a good choice.
0: yeah i
1: agree um naughty dog so naughty dog is responsible for my favorite video game series and uncharted um i agree i think last of us is probably objectively a better game but the uncharted games i probably have logged more time on those than anything else in my life uh like i just kind of go on a constant rotation i finish four and go straight back to one like i just i love those games they're like a complete comfort binge for me um, and so, yeah, Naughty Dog, I mean, they, they know what they're doing with these games. They're able to make very, uh, kind of like what Damon said, very visually arresting games, but also very story driven games. Um, I don't think there's a story that like hit me harder than the one in L- the last of us. So I'm curious to see where this goes. You said it's called like create or create. Okay.
0: But spelled like that. Yeah.
1: Okay. Gotcha paths of the artist so i'm very very curious um yeah this is this is very cool so before we hit our our next uh section let's go to a quick
0: break coming to a streaming service never john m chu takes on the movie musical of a lifetime clark kent is in love with lois lane his co-worker at the daily planet but she has been in a serious relationship with his best friend jimmy olsen clark doesn't want to change anything that's when Mr. Mixie himself shows up. The reality-warping trickster himself. See, he is a big fan of Clark and Lois together. It's his OTP across all realities. And so he decides to poke his nose in it and turns the whole world into one big musical. Superman. Mixed feelings. Rated N for nothing. See this movie only in your imagination? But feel free to check out the podcast episode where it was drafted. Episode 17. Dream Superman Movie Fantasy Cast. Hey guys, and we're back from break, and we were just talking about our dream video games. And uh, last we spoke, I just talked about mine, Crete Paths of the Artist from Naughty Dog. And we're gonna roll back to Kyle. We're gonna talk about his video game, X Men: Mutants Rising. What you got for us as far as your your basic premise?
1: Yeah. So um, let me ask you guys a question. Have you guys played the game DC Universe Online? Yes, a little bit. Okay. So you know, I mean, you know the basic idea of it. Um, so basically, I'm taking that and formatting it into a student at the at Xavier's Institute for the, uh, the gifted youngsters. Um, basically, you play an original mutant. Um, you're enrolled at the school. Uh, you pick from a list of selections for gender, race, body type, you know, personality, movement mode, whether you're acrobatic or you can fly, and then you pick from a power base. You know, you get this huge list of selections. Um, all the stuff you see with the X-Men, you get this this list, right? uh and then you get uh, a list of alignments and with the DC Universe Online that's more like um like factions like these people who follow different teams hero or villain uh this one is more like who you interact with the most now in the game you get to decide who you who you interact with by like the choices your character makes but from the beginning you can pick who your alignment is with and who your teacher is uh because it's is a school after all so you can pick from professor xavier from cyclops from gene gray from
2: storm um, no no two other things my friends
1: from wolverine from uh, gambit like there are tons of options for teachers and you can choose from any of your favorite x-men uh and basically you are enrolled in a school for you know an entire school year um honing your powers uh kind of building them up and improving them you know you start out like any kind of game, you start out with a pretty basic skill set. And then as the game progresses, you get to build that up a little bit. While you're all, it's kind of an open world game, but you're also participating in missions against the Brotherhood of Evil. You know, you come across Magneto, of course. Um, You'll come across, you know, William Striker, my boy Omega Red. I got to <laughs> include him. <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, basically, you are enrolled in this school year at. Uh, what it's like to be you know an x-men
0: i like it i like it um just thinking of that in general it's it's like super x-men harry potter kind of fusion you know the kind of this going to school and building up your character um is it very open world or is it a little bit more kind of linear
1: yeah so the only time it's like contained to a specific setting is when you're on a mission but at the school it is like think of like the Harry Potter video games, like Hogwarts, like you can pretty much go anywhere and you don't have, unless you like select a, a task to do, you can really do anything. You can go and like have a chat with Logan, or you can go and uh, step into the uh, the training room and fight, you know, practice Sentinels or whatever. Like you can just kind of explore the school. And also that kind of builds up who your like relationships with kind of like grant that auto, like in that kind of vein of you you know meeting people, interacting with, making choices, good or bad choices, It kind of influences who your character
2: becomes.
0: I like it. I like it. Um and go ahead and let us know who your uh, what your type of game is. What do you consider it?
2: Um, so
1: yeah, like I said, it's it's open world in that aspect. Um, it is, uh, I guess it would be filed under like an RPG um you uh, it's third person um because you know as you start to develop and hone like these powers and stuff you want to see that on full display you don't want to see that I maybe mean, cool to see it from the perspective of the person but you want to see it happening you want to see them do the power you know and also you want to see their awesome x-men suit at all points uh and um yeah the game mechanics are very much going to be just like it's from Insomniac games it's going to be very close to you know the Spider-Man mechanics um i think the way that they did like New York City and being able to just kind of swing around that's honestly my favorite part of that game um it took me so long to finish the game because i just wouldn't do like missions i would just kind of swing around and like take pictures it was my favorite part of the game and so that's kind of what this is inspired by um very like uh free flowing kind of style um and yeah it, it's like i said open world in the entire institute and then also when you go on missions that unlocks those places so you you can go to you can travel from the school to um you know like uh the weapon x program if you unlock that it, you can travel to different locations but the main place you're going to be exploring is
2: the the school
0: okay grant what do you think about this uh the basic idea of the X-Men Mutant Rising game.
2: I, I really like it. I mean, I, I think um, to be able to build up your character and sort of develop your powers is great. Um, I love being able to explore the X-Mansion. Um, and I, I really like Kyle's idea of, um, you know, having diff- different interactions with the different characters and sort of building your relationships with them, I, I think... Uh, that will lead to really fun um, gameplay and being able to sort of decide like which path you want to go on and, and which particular characters you have relationships with. I, I really enjoy that.
0: I, yeah, I re- I'm really, you know, kind of going to lean on that as well. The idea of, you know, oh, like I, I want to go talk to Bobby. You know, or Gene or a lot, you know, and and really cultivate those relationships, and it could kind of like really lead towards a different kind of path for the story. Is that what you're kind of going at? Like, depending on who you become friends with, it kind of unlocks different paths.
1: Yeah, different. Um, I mean, you're going to get different missions that are unlocked depending on who you align with, and also, yeah, your character him him herself uh, gets to go on a specific path considering. Who they're interacting with the most. Um, so if you're aligning with Jean Grey a lot, if you're going to her classes a lot, uh, you know you're a little bit more, I'd say, like centered. This is a pre-Phoenix Jean, so this is a very like wise person to hang out with, um, and you're going to be uh, there. That that'll kind of develop your character, as opposed to you know aligning with someone like Bobby, who's also great, but is not going to give you that kind of like think first before diving into action so there are going to be a lot more like fights that are involved with like teaming up with bobby
0: okay now that you mention it that it's pre-phoenix what what era would you say this is like what's happening with everybody
1: um so this is probably like the x-men is a the core team is like basically professor x um it's a lot of what you see in the movies, but a lot more focus on Nightcrawler and a lot more focus on Gambit because I just love those two guys. Um, and so it's basically the movie team. You know, you've got Professor X, you've got Wolverine in a much backseat kind of role. You know, where he's not leading every movie like he does. <laughs> um, Jean Grey, Scott Summers, uh, Kitty Pryde's going to show up at some point. Um, you've got Nightcrawler, Storm, Gambit. And they're all going to be teaching, and you're you're going to be also surrounded by students. That'll be all original characters because they're all going to be create. It's going to be like DC Universe Online, so it's going to be all these unique original mutants that you'll get to come across and meet.
0: Gotcha. Okay, that's amazing. I really like that idea. Do you have any other questions about the basic idea, Ryan? Um,
2: Yeah, I'm sorry um, if you mentioned this before and I just missed it. But are you going to be Playing as an original character and you like decide their powers, or you could be playing as um, one of the characters already introduced in the X universe?
1: Yeah, you'll be playing as an original character. You decide their name, their, their powers, everything. It's an entirely original creation uh, by you.
0: Cool. I dig it. And so, like, you said you can pick a bunch of different powers, but you won't get to unlock all the full abilities of it until you play through the game.
2: Right. I like
1: when you when you pick it, it's a very basic skill set, and then by the end of the game, you're like a master of whatever power that is, pretty much.
0: Good, good. I love it. Um, I want to play this game. Let's get it going. Um, <laughs> all right, then. Uh, let's go on to Ryan. Let's talk more about Harry Potter Quidditch World Cup Two. Uh, what you got for us?
2: Yeah. So, um, like. Uh... I guess sort of like FIFA and other sports food, again, it's going to be a few different modes. Um, you can play through a full season, um, and sort of one of the big changes that I made from the original is, um, you know, we all love our, our houses, you know, Gryffindor, uh, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, and Slytherin, um, but instead of playing as those teams, uh, you'll be able to play as the professional teams the English League, so uh, whether it's your Chudley Cannons or your Puddlemere United or the Valley Castle Bats, uh, you can pick one of those teams and uh, go through a league season and, um, you know, win the championship, or uh, there'll be like an FA Cup-style tournament which you can play. Um, And obviously, since this is a Quidditch World Cup game, uh, you will obviously be able to play the World Cup as well. Um, And I righted probably the um, most egregious mistake uh, from the first game, which was... Not including the world champion Ireland team in the game. So they will be playable. (laughs) Um, However, the first game was pretty European centric, so uh, I spread that out a little bit. Um, There are 16 teams total uh, for international. It's four, so four groups of four. It's going to be England, Ireland, USA, Kenya, Brazil, Egypt, Japan, Bulgaria, France, China, Argentina, Ghana. Canada, Germany, Jamaica, and the Philippines. And then yeah. so you'll be, and uh, if you choose to do the World Cup, you'll be in four groups of four, uh, top two teams advance, and then you just uh, play through the tournament uh, to see the winner. And there will be such recognizable stars, uh, such as Victor Crumb, Aiden Lynch, uh, Ginny Weasley, uh, and then a few unlockable characters as pros, uh, including one Harry Potter, and uh, everyone's favorite Scotsman, Oliver Wood.
0: <laughs> Oliver Wood. Oh, yeah. God. Wow. Okay, Kyle, I'll let you go first. What are your thoughts?
2: Uh, this just makes me
1: want to dust off like Madden again. Um, I'm not like a big FIFA person. I love soccer. I'm just terrible at like the video game version of it. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I've always been a big Madden guy. And this kind of makes me want to go back and like build my own, you know, Saints roster and, absolutely get destroyed uh you know art imitating life um it, and i just uh i i love this like i lo- especially you hooked me with uh like getting to play all those different characters because when you th- started i thought it would be like a very set era um but i love that you can play as crumb you can play as certain like stars but then you can jump forward and play as jenny when she's a quidditch star in all over wood like that's that's what would probably hook me um because we never really get to see we very briefly in the books get to experience jenny in like the gryffindor team but we don't get to see like her actual career as a quidditch player um and i feel i feel like that would be incredible like i would just go with her every time i know it's like the you know the op pick but like i would just go with jenny and probably uh i don't know like the the Chudley cannons or something and just absolutely destroy like that's, that sounds super fun. So can you, is there like an online option? Can you play with like other people?
2: Yes, you can. So um, you can play online against other people um, as just yourself, if you want. Uh, and then it'll just be a normal, um, you know, sports game again, similar to FIFA or Madden. However, if you want to play co-op, but what will be interesting is, um, deciding, deciding on positions. So, um, say you and your friends have a really good scoring chemistry. Maybe you guys all want to play as chasers. You can do that, or uh, maybe you know you want to have one person be a chaser, one person be a beater, and then one person be a keeper. You can do that too. Um, there's if, there's flexibility among that. Um, the one exception is seeker, just because of how like the nature of the snitch and sort of a lot of the waiting time. As is described in the books, how that would be, it doesn't really translate to video games well. So instead, how I put, how I'm going to design it is, there's certain moments in the game where like the snitch is going to be around, and you have to be able to react to switch to your sne- seeker, and then um, do sort of an assortment of like a mini game, like you know hitting different buttons at different times to see if you can catch the snitch. Um, if you can, obviously that's great. The game ends, you get 150 points. If not, you go back to, um, the regular scoring mode, uh, and, and try it luck again. So
0: I, I like that, you know, that, I mean, that kind of brings it back to so, sort of how it was in the, uh, original game. I think you just kept yeah. kind of chasing it and like getting closer and closer. Yeah. So I like that of like, it's some sort of mini game. Like you think it maybe some sort of like having it You like you said, hitting the buttons in a certain amount of time or like real time action, I guess, kind of like, um, I guess what they do in a lot of video games now, like, I mean, Spider-Man even did it in a lot of thematic uh, sequences. Right?
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you can, you know, depending on what difficulty level you're playing at you're just playing offline obviously you can make the, the, the mini-game harder, easier. Um, but yeah, that's that's the general idea, and that's how I think you can sort of best incorporate the aspects of um, finding the snitch and being a seeker uh, into a game.
0: I like that. I feel like that. Oh, go ahead, Kyle. Sorry,
2: I feel like that
1: balances out balances out kind of the roles on the team a little better because that's the one thing about Quidditch in the books and the movies. Like, ultimately, none of the other positions end up mattering because it's just like the seeker g- catches the snitch and the game's over and they win or lose. You know, like they're on they're just kind of wasting time until that happens. So I feel like if you're setting it up to where it's just in a little quick time event and the rest of the time you're playing as the other positions. That definitely makes it more of a fun, and I feel like it makes the game last a little longer. So that's, I like that a lot.
2: Yeah, and there's there's definitely some strategy involved in there. If, you, if you're if you really good at catching the snitch, or if that's just how you want to play, you, you can try and play really defensively. Um, parking the bus is the term uh, in soccer uh, to try and prevent scoring. Uh, or maybe you want to be like Ireland, and you can just win even if you don't catch the snitch. If you're just really good at scoring the possible and you just want to put a bunch of your energy into that and play really offensively, you can do that too.
0: I like yeah. it. It's like the Brooklyn Nets, you know, just score, yeah. and just keep scoring and it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, have to exactly. It's okay. Um, <laughs> I love that because it really does solve the problem. Like, what are you going to do if you're the seeker during the whole game? Like, you know, I was thinking maybe there's some sort of like way for you to like search for the snitch and like do some sort of like area scoping i don't know but like really there's there's really nothing you can do so the idea of like just being able to play any of the other positions and then like when the snitch is a is seen by somebody you know in their their visual like it then it sparks that mini game i like that I, that's a really cool idea so uh i really want to hear the rest of these features you got for this game um but let's leave that for the for the next one but uh what what are you what do you describe this game as it's essentially just a sports game right
2: yeah, I would say a sports game, uh, either single player or co-op, um, again, with a bit of that, that mini game aspect in there. But yeah, at, at its heart, it's it's going to be a sports game for sure.
0: All right. And uh, we only touched on it a little bit with Kyle's, but what, what kind of art style art is it going to be? Is it going to be pretty much like just a modern update of the old games and that kind of look?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think one of the things they really nailed with the old game, especially when you got to those international teams and the different, like, designs of the stadiums, I think they're really good. I think the different, uh, as well, like, designs of the stadiums, um, the looks of the players themselves, like, different uniforms and, like, hairstyles and goggles and, like, the padding they wore, like, I think they really nailed all that in the first game. So I, I do think just, like sort of a modern update of that and then like more um customization i would say um you can have for the players and i'm going to get into that a little more in one of my other modes uh, later on but yeah um I, I think similar to like an updated version of the the first game is just what i'm shooting for so
0: gotcha kyle any other thoughts
1: no i just as soon as we're done tonight, I'm about to go see if Quidditch World Cup is on the, the PlayStation store.
0: <laughs> oh man. I do want to play that again. I don't even remember like what kind of gameplay it was, but uh Ryan, I'm guessing yours is gonna be a little bit more updated and a little bit more fluid. I'm hoping. You know, I'm pretty sure it was pretty basic back in the day. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's that's the idea. The more updated, fluid game. Um that sort of what you mentioned before, Damon, allows for some, some more tactics and um, more maneuvers that we know uh, of in the, the overall Harry Potter universe that uh, that some of the teams use. So just trying to do more updated, while at the same time keeping it like somewhat arcade style so you can keep the fun for people that like maybe aren't trying to dive too much into that and just want to have your, your basic experience, so.
0: Right. All right. I guess that takes us to my my pick, okay? So uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about my game. Crete, the paths of the artist. Um, so since y'all don't really know about this world, uh, this is going to be fun, okay? So just picture it. So this is the land of Crete. Um, art and creation is king. Magic is everywhere you look, be it singers vocalizing a harmony that sends people to sleep with specific dreams, a storyteller projecting his voice, in physically producing the story above the campfire, or the nightly fights where fighters perform different dance moves that send different hexes and curses at each other. You are a young bard, fresh out of the academy, with the rest of their life ahead of them. There are five routes to take, each one forged in a different core magic, and, in, and it's up to you to choose that path, and then every path going forward. Choose the path of the singer, the storyteller, the dancer, the illustrator, or the crafter. So essentially, it's going to be this sprawling uh, action, a uh, single-player RPG game, okay, um, where you are the, the bard, okay, is essentially the name of your character, but you're going to be, as soon as you leave the academy, you're going to be able to create your character, um, build them up with the name, uh, like I said, uh, kind of like their basic skills, uh, their appearance and everything like that, and then you're going to be answering a couple of questions, that kind of determine what kind of uh, your your past, and also maybe a little bit of how your path is going to begin. Um, but from there, you're going to choose the path of one of the, f- those five, OK? The singer, the storyteller, the dancer, the illustrator, and the crafter. These are essentially the five different types of uh, magic that are used in the world of Crete. Um, like I said, you can sing. And to create different types of magic, you're able to uh, draw, paint, or even a story that will be able to have its own enchantments and, and strengths of, of spells, uh, dancing, um, and crafting, you know, uh, putting as you're putting together a house, you know, you're, you're putting magical bonds on it to, to fortify it or to create, to, to ban all other magic from it. Um, so this world is just full of magic depending on your, your different kind of art style, so to say. And, um, you started as the bard and as you choose your path this essentially path will set you down these other uh paths and you g- essentially get to choose over and over again your story um it's just this endless different super open world storyline where um it's essentially what cyberpunk uh promised but it's going to be actually what it is you know uh everything you do will have a consequence and it'll lead you down another Twisting, ending path, you know, tons of different missions and ideas, uh, depending on what you uh, choose. So what do you
2: okay. think? Uh, this is
1: really interesting. Uh, not at all what I expected from the title, but I'm, I'm hooked. Like, I'm very in. I love the five different choices um, and the idea that, like, magic comes from each of those. Uh, yeah, you already painted, like, a very visual picture. Like, I, I can very easily see what this game would like kind of look like and it's very interesting it feels like one of those really huge kind of like fallout skyrim type games where like it takes you forever to finish it um so i would love and hate it because that's how i feel about fallout skyrim (laughs) but i think i would be like i would lose hours of my life days of my life to this game just trying to 100% it um Because also, I mean, you can finish one route as like a singer, but then go right back and then start over as like an illustrator. So that's I feel like the possibilities are endless. Um, And especially it being Naughty Dog, I can definitely see the world being very detailed and very, you know, vast and and very creative. So, uh, yeah, I I, I love this. I'm in so far. What do you think, Ryan?
2: Yeah, same. I'm glad that... um... Damon picked up the slack and then brought the creativity to the, uh, the podcast. Uh, but I really love the um, the ideas that he came up with, and um, it sounds like a fun world and uh, that you have, you know, a ton of different options. And uh, I, I like the open world sort of RPG style um, thing with just so many missions, and you know, each each one of your choices uh, having a consequence and leading you down a different path. I, I really enjoy that um, aspect of it. So, yeah, come in. So we have
1: singer, storyteller, dancer, illustrator, and crafter. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, man, I'm really intrigued by all of that, especially illustrator. Like, is that – are you – is that involved with like painting or like what, what's, what are you doing as an illustrator? Essentially,
0: yeah. Like, you know, these people are able to draw things and bring it to life or bring being able to like, uh, just, I, I haven't even been able to crack open what I think could happen in this game because of all the possibilities of the magic. Um, I, I wasn't going to be able to do it in time for this, this episode. And I didn't want to bore everybody with all the super details, but I was just thinking of something like, you know, you're drawing, uh, a forest you know and like maybe it's a forest you know and you're like you're putting something in it and it's almost like kind of like this voodoo aspect of like you're you're uh placing this item in that forest just by drawing it there you know it's a certain kind of uh abilities like that
1: yeah i love that that kind of reminds me of wasn't there a, a disney game that came out a few years ago that like there was a lot of drawing involved i feel
0: i, I yeah I, um
2: I, Mickey I'm, I'm
0: or blanking something on it but
2: yeah there there was Was epic. it like epic Mickey? Epic Mickey. That's it. Epic yeah, yeah. Mickey. Okay.
1: Um, yeah. I think it was on the Wii. I don't know like how good it was but I remember it was very Mickey was essentially had like a uh, an ink ink pen or whatever and was like illustrating his entire world. I love the idea of that like the possibilities are truly endless there and the fact that you have a skill set that you can build on with that um that's really interesting so yeah i'm really excited to see what else you have for this game
0: thank you and i mean it, it's really it's more adventure than action you know like there will be fighting but like i said it's the fighting will be more of like based on the magic style that you're gonna have you know but it's gonna be more inter like social interaction mystery intrigue just like finding your path and like just going on the journey you know and, and it's gonna be loaded with tons of music and sound and, and laughter, just a bunch of different kinds of visual cues that are, I think it's going to make the game really entertaining as far as like a thematic device, you know, people, I think right. will want to watch their friends play it, you know, even if they won't ever touch it, which I think is a really big pull for some games, you know? Right. right, right, right um, And as far as like, like you said, you kind of pictured what it would look like. I really wanted to give it kind of like a horizon zero dawn kind of vibrancy, like that kind of just, how bright it is, you know, and how sharp that game really is. I, I That kind of idea as far as the art style goes.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay.
0: All right, then. So, uh, I think uh, that's that takes care of the basic premise of my game. Let's uh, move on back to Kyle. What you got for us?
1: All right. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of said the basic premise. Um, we are, you know, a student at uh, Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters. You're Building up your your powers, you're learning from specific X-Men. You're going, starting to go on some missions against uh, the Brotherhood of Evil, um, and yeah, basically, like I said, you know, with the main characters, the main character is again anything you want them to be. Um, you build that character, but also the ones you're going to be interacting with the most, despite what choices you make. Obviously, Charles Xavier is going to be a huge presence in the game. Um, as he is for anything X-Men related. Uh, I really want this game to dive into the fact that, I mean, we we've definitely talked about this, but the fact that he is not necessarily a saint all the time. Um, In fact, he's kind of a master manipulator. He's a bit of a, you know, a chess master. And I I really want to see that kind of unfold in this game, depending on the choices you make, you get to see some of the behind the scenes that happens and the choices that he makes that impact and influence the students. Um, and it kind of affects the way that you see, you know, Professor X is not necessarily like this, just like, you know, just like Dumbledore, he's not necessarily like this Samaritan, he's now a bit of a, a morally gray character. So you get to see that. Um, it affects the fights that happen when you go in to fight the Brotherhood of Evil, you know, you also meet Magneto face to face. And... Uh, I, I think all three of us are part of the Magneto is right kind of party. <laughs> uh, I think that, yeah, I think his ideals are, are very uh, convincing. It's just uh, some of his motives are a little out there. But uh, I think that you get to see that, too, in the game. You meet him, and before a fight happens, you get to kind of hear his I- ideology and what he's about, and it affects your character. So you get to make those choices as the game progresses. You get to make the choices of whether you want to want to stay at the school or if you you have the option in the game, once you progress a certain point, you have the option to leave and kind of pull a um, a pyro in the movies and just leave and go join the Brotherhood of Evil. Um, you know you have that option. It affects your choices obviously. You obviously have an entirely different environment at that point, and you can't go back to the school if you do that. So if you want to play in the school, you have to start you know like a new game and and make that choice. But um, yeah, you get to see both sides of the coin, which I think is probably. Of all the things I love about the X Men universe, that is true. Like, like the most interesting part of that whole world is those two uh, sides. They're like equally compelling, and I think that's like that's a credit to the creators of those characters. Is like I find Magneto and Mystique and like those characters equally as interesting as I find Cyclops and Jean Grey and all of them. Um, so you get you get the choice to explore both of those worlds, um, and. You know, depending on where you go, if you end up going with Magneto's group, obviously the characters then that you interact with the most are going to be Magneto himself. You'll see a lot of Mystique. Um, You'll still have some run-ins with Omega Red because, again, I love my dude Omega Red. I think he's underrated. Uh, So you get to have a lot of like fights with him, Um, and you even have some run-ins with William Stryker. Uh, Mister Sinister is, you know around in the background kind of he's not going to be your big villain because I think the same with like our movie uh, podcast I want to save him for the sequel um, but he he's definitely his presence is felt so um, that's the biggest thing about this game is you're getting to kind of experience and explore all this world that the X-Men kind of gives you um, and your choices really impact uh, the type of game you play um, and because it's you know, kind of in the mold of a DC Universe Online, you get to see the choices that other players make. So you could have a player that you meet on the game that could maybe leave and, like, leave you behind and go to the Brotherhood of Evil. And then that's a new rival you have. Then you have to fight against them in missions. So the game is 100% driven by what players do, the choices that they make. Um, There was a game like this called uh, No Man's Sky that came out a few years ago. Um, It's like a space travel game really really fun game it's one of the most visually beautiful things i've ever seen in my life but it's hard to sustain a thing like that that's 100 percent, you know driven by discovery and like what the players are doing in the game so i don't know the shelf life of this game i think that after a while there's only so many choices that you can make um but i think it would be really fun for that time to see especially seeing what other players do and how their choices affect like your gaming experience. I think that would be like really the most interesting part of it.
0: Okay, Brian, uh, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I I, I like it, um, and I think uh, I think at least you know, at least initially, there's a lot of replay value because you're like, okay, you know, on this this run through, I I stayed with Xavier and the X Men. You know, next time I want to go, uh, you know you see what Magneto's doing and see what it's like with the Brotherhood and I, I, I really like that aspect of it. And yeah, of course, you know, Magneto's gonna give a, a big speech before his uh <laughs> his battle so you get to to see his um his point of view. And um yeah, just sort of comparing and contrasting the um the X Men and the Brotherhood, especially you know, depending on like which Brotherhood characters are in the game, uh it, it could be very interesting. So uh,
0: yeah. I mean the idea of really getting to interact with a bunch of different characters on like this kind of more personal level is such a kind of novel idea for an X-Men video game. Like I've never, I, don't, I never would have thought that that would ever be touched. And to, I would love to see that because it's always usually definitely more action oriented, you know, but this, I mean, X-Men is such a, what a character driven story at the heart of it. So to see those characters respond to each other, Um, And to build up those relationships with the uh, X-Men as well as, like, the original characters that you meet online. I mean, there's so many endless possibilities that you can do. Like you said, it's all up to what happens in the game and what you decide to do. Um, I'm getting, like, kind of vibes of, like, I played the uh, Avengers video game this past uh, year, and it was a a mixed bag. Um, I enjoyed it for, like, the first 20, 30 days, and then it became super repetitive. So I I think you would kind of maybe run into that problem of wanting to make sure the missions are definitely not nearly as repetitive and and keeping it fresh. But I mean, with a game such as this, which is like essentially an MMO, right? Uh, That's Essentially, this is Mm -hmm. you have the ability to add all kinds of different campaigns and missions and like do different themed activities like throughout the year. So like you know, with that kind of base of a game, it allows you. Really, to be able to customize it and keep adding content, um, if you do it right, I, I think you would have a really fun uh, customer base. You know, I mean, as far as your interaction with other players, how does how does that go into your game directly? Like, are you able to like decide like Are y'all able once y'all like graduate or something like and become like X Men members? Like, y'all kind of like can start your own team or like. Um, you all know, just always go to on missions together. How, how does that kind of dynamic work?
1: Yes. Yeah, so there's going to be an option uh, while you're still students. If you, you know, if you meet a player that you want to hang out with or want to interact with, you can decide to be um, in the same kind of like team. So as your students you are going out with the same leader, whether it's Jean Grey, whether it's Cyclops, whoever so you're in the same group and then when you graduate that stays so you're a part of the same team and then it ultimately is among it's up to the two of you who is the leader so that's when kind of the fun comes in is when you know there's could be some clashing when you think that you should be the leader and the other player thinks that they should be the leader. you know one of my favorite things about online gaming is like the friendships that are formed that way um like i you know i feel like that's kind of like the best Thing about gaming today is like there are so many people who have like gotten to know each other over you know Fortnite and over like just these random games that they never would have met otherwise so you can meet these people and then if it, like you're saying it's a form your own team you're still with the x-men and you're still kind of like um i guess under the senior members so to speak but as you graduate you do get the chance to go off on your own And yeah, that's when it really becomes up to you and the player to figure out like how to work as a team, not under the direct supervision of the like the senior X-Men.
0: I like that. I'm just like picturing so many different ideas of what I would want to do. Like Ryan said, there's a bunch of replayability, Um, you know, play it good and then play it bad. Play it and then do a big old like hill switch, you know, in the middle of like a super bad mission or something. you know, be have Gene be your leader one time, and then have uh, Wolverine be your mentor the next. Um, all the different powers you could choose, like like you know, literally you could just choose one and then play it over with a different power over and over again. I feel like that would be what I would end up doing, just to see like how, like see the different powers and like see how strong you can get with them and like how crazy they they would be on the game. I would do that a lot. Um, any last thoughts, Ryan?
2: yeah I think um going back to what you said a little bit ago Damon, with um the uh like new characters you can add in because I, I had a similar experience with the Avengers game uh, but I found myself being drawn back to her recently because it's like oh they came out with like a Kate bishop storyline like she's a really cool character like let me play this and then they released a trail the other day it's like oh we're gonna add Black Panther and there's gonna be Wakanda storyline so um, and, like, with the beauty of X Men is that there's just so many different characters so that even if they don't make it originally, you can add someone in later and sort of just sort of build on what you already have of the game uh, for expanded uh, Coscon. Are you still there? Yes, yeah, still here. Sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, so there's, you can keep building on what you already have um, and just have a lot of different possibilities for. for uh new and exciting characters and storylines so
0: yes it sounds like we're all down for this game i think we would all run x uh, x-men team together uh we need to come up with a really good name for it guys. Okay. uh you know i'm I'm down for the uh, x x force uh, what is it x squadron the phoenix squadron
1: yeah there's also <laughs> the rapid
0: union <laughs> The Rat Bird union. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> People are just really confused now, now that you bring that up. <laughs> oh, Rat Bird. Um well before we bring up Rat Bird again, we're gonna to go to a quick break.
1: Here at Planet Fantasy, our eyes are open. We understand the truth. And the truth is rats and birds are the same thing. That's right. You've been lied to your entire life. Rats are just birds in a big trench coat. We've formed the Rat Bird Union. We've got pamphlets. We've got a website. I can't give the URL or they'll, they'll find out and they'll come get us. But you heard it here first. Wake up, sheeple. Rats and birds are the same thing.
0: Hey, guys, and we're back, and we were just talking about Kyle's uh, video game, I believe, uh, X-Men uh, Mutants Rising, and uh, did anyone else have any last thoughts before we move on?
2: No, I'm, I'm good. I just, uh, man, I wish this was something I could be playing, too. So.
0: Oh, same. Um, it sounds like the probably the X-Men game I would want to play the most. Like I said, it has tons of story. And so many options. I, I love it. Um, Kyle, you need to make it. I need it. Um, all right, Ryan, I, <laughs> I think you're up next. Tell us more about the main characters or the playable characters of Quidditch World Cup two.
2: Yeah. So I think one of the um, main modes that I'm banking on besides the, um, the season one and the world cup one is uh, I guess be a pro mode i don't know i didn't have like a fancy title for it but um i based it a lot on uh, the fifa the journey um experience and if you're not familiar with that um starting in, like fifa 17 i believe there was a three-game set where they had like an actual like single-player narrative experience essentially for your sports game like you, you start off and you, you join the team of your dreams as you're growing up as a kid uh, in English Premier League, and then um, there's a whole like set of story aspects. Like you fall out with your best friend, um, you can interact with like your teammates and your coach. Uh, you can uh, make sponsor dealerships, and it's actually like more interesting than it sounds. Um, so I use that basis to create um, sort of the storyline for my game. And for that, you can play as um, one of two of the main characters uh, in the the Quidditch aspect of Harry Potter, um, either Jenny Weasley or Victor Crumb. Uh, And in this universe, since we really designed the uh, British and Irish League, um, Crumb decides to come play in the British and Irish League while obviously still playing for the Bulgarian national team. And so, um, you know, you go through your season and you're playing and you're interacting with your... uh, your teammates, uh, and your coach, um, and dealing with, uh, off the field situations, um, as well as, uh, qualifying for the world cup. So there will be odd, um, international games thrown in there, uh, while you're going through your, uh, domestic league season as well. Um, and so it's just sort of like building off the storyline and, and see how, uh, really how Ginny and, and Victor Chrome would live as professionals, um, and and how their story would go on. And then you know, obviously, if you would make the World Cup and and how you would do there, and how your team would do in the domestic season, and you get different points and different unlockables. Obviously, if you win those tournaments uh, or how far you advance, um, and <laughs> maybe most excitingly to a lot of people, there will be a cameo from our favorite degenerate gambler, uh, Minerva mcgallion McGonagall. <laughs> she will be there. Um, and uh, I got to give a shout out to our friend Hannah. Um, I ran this idea by her, and she suggested an actual level for Megallion where she has to fight off loan sharks after a few uh, ill-placed bets. So, um, yeah, I, I think I'm going to add that in there as well. So um, it's, <laughs> this is going to be a, a really fun um, narrative experience to add to the sort of regular um, sports Quidditch gameplay that you're already going to get.
0: I like it. Kyle, what are your thoughts on being able to be either Jenny or uh Vic the Dick and Story? Yeah, life? that's <laughs>
1: that's my that's my favorite part. Uh especially because um Crumb is like, you know, he's a kind of a fun like side character in Goblet and then we see him again in Hallows, but this is like your chance to really like I don't know, get his whole story. Like I, I feel like that's probably the best uh part of this game is and also Jenny, of course, we get more of Jenny in the books, but even playing as her would be awesome. Um, but I think that playing as Crumb, you really get like a fun side character being really fleshed out and becoming a, a three-dimensional uh, person. So that's that's probably the biggest draw for me is I'd want to see his story, what would happen on the side, maybe his uh, his interactions with like Karkaroth and stuff, or like the fallout of Goblet. Like I always wondered what happened with him learning that Karkaroff was a death eater. And basically being, you know, he's in period in the maze. And, like, what's the fallout from right after Goblet into, like, Order of the Phoenix? I just, I was wondering, it must have been very different for him, especially because that was his senior year, effectively. I mean, he graduates after that. And so um, that's very interesting to me. So I'd love to see what happens with him. Um, and then you had me at the the Magellan cameo. That's just, that's the cherry on top of the cake.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, like Kyle said, we really don't know what happens to Victor Crumb. Like in Deathly Hallows, we see him where again. It's been so long since I've read that book. Um He's
1: at um the wedding at The Hitler's Wedding.
0: Right, wedding. Yeah. Um and other than that, nothing. Like, I mean, I remember reading so many fanfics after Goblet of Fire, waiting for order to drop, where like Victor was a big part, you know, like we see him like join the fight. Um, you know, and I was just ready for more Victor Crumb backdrop, you know? We get, actually, some more Fleer. Some more flair. you know? She freaking yeah. marries into the Weasley family. We get the wedding. Um, we get to see her, you know, actually fight. Duel. Victor, we get nothing. I, I feel like it's kind of like a glaring omission from uh, She Who Must Not Be Named. So I, I like the idea of being able to get to get kind of a backstory. This is kind of like Victor Crumb's... Uh, falcon and winter soldier wandavision (laughs) redeeming uh we're gonna actually be able to tell a story and see what happens and humanize them some more um like also we really don't know what happens after goblet of fire and ryan i have to ask like where is this in the timeline like you said this is being a pro so like is this his first year is this like the year that he does go to the world cup is this like kind of afterwards
2: yeah, so it's going to be a little different for, for Ginny. It's going to be after the Battle of Hogwarts because, um, obviously, she's she's a little too young to become a pro at that point. Um, for Victor, yeah, it is going to be sort of progressing from after Goblet to sort of the current day. Um, and we will explore his backstory like. Since it is overall a Quidditch game, I'm not gonna delve a ton into the like larger world, at least in terms of like the Death Eater, like you know, wizard battle part. Um, but we're definitely gonna you know examine his emotions dealing with figuring out Carbravin and trying to play through all that, and, and you know, trying to harness his considerable talent while you know having sort of the world weighing on him and and how he can handle that. So um, it's gonna be a little different uh, for each character. Um, but regardless of who you play, there's going to be like a larger story, uh, through story and uh, through line, and you will, um, you will interact with the other character depending on which one you play. So it's all either going to be completely isolated. Um, uh, but there are going to be different parts obviously for the different characters. So,
0: okay. Um, what teams are they on or do you get to choose that?
2: You get to choose. So that's, that's probably the beauty of it. Um, similar to those game modes, like I mentioned, FIFA the Journey, or like the NBA 2K, like be a pro mode. Um, you get to choose uh, which team you want to play as. So if you're a big Chudley Cannons fan, uh, go for it. Um, if you if you have other desires, uh, you get to pick those too. So.
0: I know Ron Weasley would put his sister on the Cannons and be so happy. He would just cry as he wins every time, every season. And Genie just comes around. He's like, would you stop playing as me, you kid? But, uh, I, okay, I love that. Any other thoughts about uh those playable characters, Kyle?
1: Uh, no, I just, I love it. I, I like that Uh, this is, that's, um I've never played, I guess that shows how little of FIFA I've actually played because I've never played any of those more, like, um story-driven parts of those games. Uh, that sounds really interesting. Um, I think that they tried they tried that with one of the Madden games, or maybe it was like uh, I think like eighteen or nineteen. Um, yeah, didn't work a hundred percent, but I liked the attempt because I liked the idea of getting one person and following their story through a franchise and through a joining a team and stuff. So doing that with two characters that we already know and love in a world that we already know and love, I feel like that would be kind of a like a home run. So. I, I need I need this game, like, tomorrow. <laughs> um,
0: while I like the idea, uh, I would love to go through both story modes, you know, and, like, see how, like, different they can be depending on your choices. I do feel like I kind of would be a little disappointed that I wouldn't be able to make my own character for this mode, you know? Like, like that's one of my favorite parts of sports games, you know, is being able to make that custom, like, original character, you know, like, whether it's me or just some regular reg- random, like, Jim Bob Duggan that I made to throw on the football team. Um, sure. But, I mean, you get to be Jenny Weasley on the, on the pitch. I, I mean, I can't argue against that. So, I, yeah. I like that. Anything else you wanted to say, Ryan, before we move on? No. Um, yeah, I, I know what you mean, Damon.
2: And I, I thought about going in that direction. Um, but I think I wanted to uh, really include some of the higher profile um characters that already played quidditch into that mode um and you know even though like we know a, a decent amount of of characters that play quidditch in the books there's not like a ton of them so even if i have them like sprinkled through you know the season or the world cup mode like i having uh, having two recognizable characters that most people like uh in that mode would be uh, a big draw for it so Fair. yeah
0: okay. all right then that is a. Uh... Brian's playable characters for Quidditch World Cup 2, and we're going to move on to uh, Mayan. So, I already told uh, y'all a little bit about the Bard, the main character of uh, Crete, passively the Artist. Uh, and essentially, the Bard is essentially kind of like the shell. You know, it's just your avatar. And as you build them up, you know, that's kind of what your character will be, whether you're going to be a super awesome artist or dancer. You know, you, you get to choose everything about them. Um, and during the out- throughout the paths you're going to meet tons of npcs okay uh you know they'll be giving you quests you'll just see them in the street tons of different kinds of interaction that you can get um and they could lead you in a bunch of different little paths you know they might be really small might be really important you never know but there also will be these certain characters that you will run into that are part of the Plot of this of the game, okay, of the main story. And I like to call these the important narrative characters, the INPs. Um, And so I just want to talk to a couple of them. These are the characters that are going to show up no matter what path you choose. They're just going to show up in different places and they're going to be uh, have different relationships with you depending on the path you choose. So one is Vi, the owner of the Frisky Mermaid, the most popular and rowdiest tavern and inn in the kingdom of Niallara. Vi is a rough and tough pixie cut ginger who has very few rules, but is very intense about these rules and will never hesitate to throw someone out for breaking them. The Frisky Mermaid is always hosting open mic night, the first to do it every night of the week, though many have followed. Here, young creators of all paths come to show their talents as well as sharpen them. Vi has seen the first performances and works with some of the most famous of creators, and she has connections and influence because of it. The Frisky Mermaid is an institution and one that the Bard will frequent no matter the path. She's also a singer, and we see her perform multiple songs, which are all pretty punk-rocky, mixed with Irishy drinking songs. So you'll, you'll see be a bunch of cool, like cutscenes of uh, Vi singing. You know, uh, when it comes to it, um, there's also Jinx, a dark-skinned brunette trickster that always just seems to be around every corner you take. Uh, she's a mysterious storyteller that the bard first meets in Niallara on the streets, telling a breathtaking tale about a family of song serpents. Who youngest wasn't able to sing, uh, but quickly after they disappear, the crowd begins to complain about all their all their money being gone. Uh, you find out that Jinx is the one who's behind it, and you go into this you know this adventure of trying to find her and and catch her. Um, and then from there, you run into Jinx at a bunch of different points in the story, depending on which path you take. Um, you could be a friend, you could be an enemy throughout. Uh, and then there's Duncan Crow, a face you see so many times before ever meeting him. Um, You hear his name throughout. It's always mentioned. Um, And by the time you meet Duncan Crow, a reputation will have been built up that speaks of someone who could get a sleeping bear to wake up and follow him. Um, He is the leader of the murder force, (laughs) a playful play on words. Uh, You know, Crow. he's got to he's got to ham up with his name. He loves he loves himself a pun, Um, but he's super charming, super suave. Uh, He makes people believe in him. And if you uh, and as you meet m- several members of his team throughout the early portions of the game, um, depending on what happens, you could end up becoming a member of the t- of the murder force. you could end up being a, a rival uh, member you could end up being you know on his uh, murder list so to say um, but Duncan and the murder force essentially plays a really big part throughout the-, the game and they kind of create a lot of the uh, what's the word tension that happens throughout Crete. So, Kyle, what do you think? Uh, uh,
1: this is always my favorite part of these types of drafts is when you get to, like, create and tell us your characters because you're so creative with it. Um, I love it, dude. I want to I want to watch those cut scenes. Like, I'm getting very Envy Adams vibes from, like, Scott Pilgrim of Vi just, like, rocking it out. Uh, yeah, I, I love that. Um, I like that you kept it kind of free-flowing to where – even though you will interact with all these people, no matter what path you choose, it still varies depending on the types of interactions you have. And, like, you could become a rival or a friend. Um, I like that tension uh, that, like, gives it a lot of replay value, kind of like what we talked about with my game. Like, you can take a lot of different paths with that. Um, I, I love the idea of a Duncan Crow. So is he, I'm guessing he is a, a storyteller?
0: Um, you know, did I ever say that? I actually, um, I think I meant to say he was maybe a dancer, but you know, a storyteller might make a little bit more sense just as how convincing of a person he is, right? Um, right. I might lead that up to uh for people to find out until you meet him, you know.
1: I like that with like the <laughs> reputation that precedes him. I, yeah, th- that's super interesting. Um, anyone who can be lead a, a group called the Murder Force and actually be taken seriously is obviously. Someone to take note of. So, uh, yeah, that's perfect. This is like very, um, very original. So, I, I love the the direction this went. What do you think about this, Ryan?
2: Yeah, I, I like it. Um, you know, you always gotta have a um, a nice tavern for uh, for everyone to interact at and and sort of kick back in. And uh, yeah, I, um, I actually was getting very strong uh, Dario Naharis vibes from uh, your description of Duncan Crow. So. Um, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more of him, and I, I like that there are um, a few different paths you can take depending on where you are in the game when you meet him, and sort of how you want to um, how you want to proceed with that uh, interaction.
0: Right, and like I, I like to, I like looking at these characters, and there'll be a couple other ones. Like they're kind of like your markers of like when you play different playthroughs. Like, oh, okay, this is how it's different from the last time I played because I met, when I met Vi, she hated me, and this time, you know, like, she, you know, greets me and with open arms, or something like that, you know, it'll, it's, like, I, I just really, the whole idea of this game is, everything you do is really going to affect every little thing, from the reactions, to the interactions, to essentially what you're going to accomplish throughout the game, like, like, fable, you know, like, when you play Fable, it was kind of like the uh, meter of you, you were bad or good. You know, I kind of want it like that, but a lot more nuanced, whereas everything you do is just going to kind of build up your reputation and your morale and your your all that kind of stuff. So um, and these these characters, I think, are going to be a really fun way to show that, you know, show exactly What you're doing with your main character and how it's changing the game in front of you, because these characters are going to be very different kinds of characters depending on what you do.
1: I love that. I I feel like this would also be one that uh, I I put on a lot of like video game um soundtracks when I'm like doing homework or something. I feel like it's like an easy like uh work music. Um, I feel like this would be one where it would either be impossible to do that because there's so many different ways you can do the soundtrack or it would be like the best video game soundtrack of all time um so i would be very into that aspect of of like music as a type of magic um so yeah this this is just a really really original idea i love it
0: thank you thank you any last thoughts though ron
2: no um i yeah like it's like i've said um, before it's, it's a really creative idea and uh, i'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to uh to hearing a little bit more about it
0: all right well before we get to kyle's uh features of his video game we're gonna go to another quick break
1: so here at planet fantasy damon and myself are big fans of lots of different mediums but the two big ones appear to be television and film We've already kicked off our series, Children of the Two, where we're breaking down each decade in television starting with the 1960s. I'm here to tell you about the flip side, film. That's right, we're talking about our new series, Acolytes of Film, where we're breaking down each decade starting with the 1960s all the way to the present and breaking down our essential movies from each of those decades. The first episode of the 1960s will be coming to you at the end of March.
0: Hey guys and we're back and we're going to shoot it to Kyle who uh, is going to tell us a little bit more about his X-Men Mutants Rising game. Uh, Tell us about some of the features that you haven't mentioned yet. Yeah, so
1: um, I mentioned, you know, your your main uh, story mode is like this open world uh, school year. Along with that, there's a couple different like game modes you get to experience and explore. Um, There's one that's going to be a very uh, with pretty much any superhero game. You need this. Uh, It is basically your. injustice style fighting mode where you can you know either do a split screen or an online um, but it's just 1v1 uh you can choose either your own original character how far they are at this point in the game or you can choose a preset of like 10 different um x-men or brotherhood of evil characters uh and basically you uh go head to head with another player Um, Again, like I said, it's either split screen or you can play online with someone. And just like Injustice, you know, it's uh, pretty uh, Mortal Kombat style fighting with their specific powers, um, with different backdrops. It can be the mansion, it can be, um, you know, the streets of New Orleans if you're picking Gambit. It can be, uh, you know, a ton of different places, but... Uh, yeah, this is your chance to really um, dive into all the different powers because you know in the main story you, you're only playing as your original character with that specific power, so you can't really explore outside of that. With this, if you really want to play as like Jean Grey, you can play as Jean Grey and explore all of her powers and what that comes with and that skill set. Um, in this in this mode, just like uh, Injustice, you have to build this character up. So if you pick Jean Grey, you're not going to be OP, you know, off the bat. You have to build up her um the more times you play with her um and then also a lot like injustice uh there will be you know additional dlcs that will come with this where you get to unlock uh different eras of different characters um there's going to be a dark phoenix gene that you can play as um you can play as uh you know um, other other mutants that'll show up in these different DLCs. Um, but what I want is for it to not be too DLC heavy because I love that aspect of Injustice. But I feel like that's like the that's how they get you, right? They like you buy the game and then you have to wait. I had to wait for the Ninja Turtles for so long, and I'm like, man, I wanted to play as them from the get-go. Uh, but uh, so I want you to have a, an original list that's already pretty fun and stacked to play with. Um, so your original list, you're going to have like Cyclops, Jean Grey. Um, you'll have Wolverine. You'll have Gambit. You'll have Rogue. You'll have um, uh, Storm. So you're basically your your core team of like teachers and mentors from the game that you're already kind of interacting with, and now you get to play and fight as them. Um, and then the other game mode is this is kind of bleeding into like my X Factor, but uh, like the selling point for this game. Um, there is a survival mode, which I think is probably my favorite thing about like a lots of different, like the call of duty games and stuff like that. Basically this is a mode where you're in a, in a location and waves of enemies are coming your way. You can play with, uh, this is a co-op game. You can play with people online, play with a local, uh, or you can play it by yourself. It's obviously harder that way. Um, but essentially I'm thinking of like the scene from X2 where, you know, strikers men, uh, break into the mansion it's like the first time we see logan go like full wolverine um and you basically get to do that as your own character um a lot of it is like based on stealth or you can just go guns blazing and and just take them on um, if you go stealth you can kind of finish the mission quicker but basically it is uh kind of like a, you know zombies where it just doesn't end there's just wave after wave it progressively gets harder Um, bigger uh, villains show up eventually you get to kind of like how call of duty does like juggernauts at the end of every like five waves you get to sentinels that show up and they're obviously like super hard to beat so this is definitely something that i feel like it's the one that i would go to right away if i if i bought the game um i've spent hours on like the survival modes on different games just going through wave after wave um this is like probably the best thing to do when you when you play with other people um And I feel like this is like the selling point for it. If you're not already sold on the idea of like creating your own X-Man or woman, I think this is the one where like you, it's more, it's a more traditional gaming kind of game mode. You know, you you get to fight different, like different waves of, like I said, it's either strikers men or it's sentinels, um, some brotherhood of evil lackeys, you know, uh, and it just keeps going. It just keeps getting harder. Um, This is also a way to boost your, your powers so the more you play in this mode it bleeds into your your story mode um so this is a really a way when you're kind of stuck in the story mode this is a way to boost up your powers and get your character a little more uh beefed up for the individual story mode um but yeah this is like kind of like the last little detail i have but i just feel like this would be a fun game to play because it's uh i think damon mentioned this earlier but you never really get to see this side of like the the x-men in a game um, a lot of them are ac- action heavy and this would be very action heavy in a lot of like fights that you would get to participate in but there's also a lot of exploring that you get to do you just get to kind of go around the school and see what's up um hang out with you know rogue and and like hang out with other students and you just kind of get to explore what it means to like become uh, a part of the x-men or go to the other side and become part of the, the Brotherhood of Evil. But either way, it's just like it's exploration in a universe that we all kind of, you know, know and love.
0: So Kyle, I'm gonna give you uh, a gimme right here, okay? You know what you should call the Survivor Mode? It should not be called Survivor Mode. It should be called the Danger Room. There it is. Okay. My money. <laughs> there you go um but yeah once you do that that's gold i love that idea i mean you t- to be able to have that kind of mode to where you know you're having a lot of social interaction and it is more of a adventure type uh social game and then you're just throwing out all the action out like you know just wave after wave um i instantly thought of zombies like you know you should even have a mode where you can just be like x-men zombies coming at you you know um that'd be really cool um I just want to play this game, you know, I, I think it sounds like a really pretty balanced blend, um, if done right, of action, and, and then the more, like, the story interaction going on. Um, don't, I, I wonder, okay, um, depending on who you work with and, like, building on the team, the more you interact with them, does it, like, kind of, like, create a more cohesive team chemistry so to say on missions so that you work kind of like maybe get more boosts or something along those lines
1: yeah so if you if you're spending if you're at the school and spending all of your time with you know say like cyclops um when you're on missions uh if you like stay with him during the fights it's going to boost up your powers and it's going to boost up your likelihood to advance through the mission so that kind of strategy comes in there depending on the mission if it's like a stealth mission you know you want to stick with uh maybe wolverine and kind of hang back in the shadows with him uh do some recon first or something um but uh yeah the the people that you surround yourself with at the the school that's going to influence kind
2: of how your missions go later on in the game
0: i like it ron what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I I like it a lot. I, I really like the um, the different modes that that Kyle has come up with, and uh, the different mission types. And and like you said, you know, um, really like choosing which uh, characters you'll need for which. Like if you need, you know, stealth Wolverine, although he might not be the best depending on what kind of mood he's in. may uh, maybe Nightcrawler, or if you're looking for some some heavy hitters, you know, Cyclops or Colossus. Um, you know, and then obviously you know whatever type of character um is the one that you pick and what powers they have. So um I'm really liking the different types of missions and how that allows you to play with the um the X Men characters and, and sort of how you uh navigate all of that.
0: I love it. Um did, do you wanna tell everybody what you have for your X Factor, Kyle? Uh
1: yeah, so that, that's what kind of um i kind of went into it earlier but like damien gave me the name so the the danger room That's you know danger. mode is going to be really like your your x factor that and then just like i said the potential to meet all of the x-men and really kind of dive deep into like who they are is m- kind of like my selling point for this um we get a very like one dimensional look at who they are in the other games um You don't really get a lot of like character stuff with them. And so I think this is your chance to like really go into like uh, the Scott and Gene, you know, relationship. Um, You know, you can get into like Nightcrawler and his past. Uh, Like that's like I feel like that would be the, the most fun I would have playing the game is just kind of meeting and understanding who these characters are you get your occasional Deadpool uh, cameo. You know, he's not going to be, like, someone at the school as a student or a teacher or anything. I don't know why they would let, let him be a teacher, but he may show up in Col- Colossus's class, you know, like, hey, buddy, you forgot your lunch at home and just, like, drop it on his desk <laughs> or something. And, and then the, the next part of the game is him just fucking with you for a while. But, like, it's just... Uh, most of it is just, like, interacting with and meeting all of these different characters. And, like, we, we love these characters, right? We've grown up with them, but getting to really dive Deep into like who they are, I feel like
0: that would be super fun. I would love, to, I, I would love to just spend like like a whole week of just you know, just you know, hanging out with Cyclops and then going chilling with with uh, Kurt and and just going on missions. That that I I could see me spending a lot of hours on that game. Well, what are you thinking though, Ryan?
2: Yeah, I I really like that, and then just the the random. Um, you know, Deadpool cameos and like him like playing pranks on some of the other X-Men and just doing a bunch of a, a random shit. I, I really enjoy
0: that. All right. Well, Kyle, that, that's pretty much uh, sums up your game. Did you want to mention anything else about it before we move on?
1: Uh, I know that's, that's basically it. I just I think that this is not the last time you guys are going to hear about the X-Men universe in this podcast. We're obviously big fans, so I wanted to give it some love. Um, I love that Damon went the completely original route. That's definitely where I struggled. I, I was going to go original, but it's not my forte. So I had to go with an IP that like, I knew well and loved. But yeah, the selling point here is just like if you love the X-Men, if you really want to get to know all the characters, this is, this is the game for you.
0: I love it. Alright then, uh, let's move on to Ryan. Tell us some about about the features that you haven't told us yet about Quidditch World Cup 2.
2: Yeah, so I, I, I touched on it very briefly before but I, I want to um, talk a little bit about locations and stadiums. Um, I think for the um, the British and Irish League like the league games, the stadiums while they'll all be different, like there won't be a ton of differences um, but for the, uh, the international ones, I think that's, um, that's where it's really going to shine. Um, I know the first, uh, the first game, um, England's stadium was uh, inside of a castle, and I, I think that was a really cool design. So I'm going to keep that and sort of update it. Uh, for the U.S., um, after some thinking, I think their stadium is going to be in the Grand Canyon. Uh, I I really like that that backdrop of the canyon, and then if you end up going low enough, uh, the river. Um, so there are going to be some some fun uh, matches played there. Uh, for Brazil's, um, it's going to be in the Amazon. So uh, you're going to have to uh, to deal with some some trees and maybe some wildlife uh, while you're <laughs> playing a uh, home game in Brazil. Um, And then uh, I think another one of the really cool ones from the first game was um, they just called it, like, the Nordic team, and they had it in, like, a a frozen, um, you know, iceberg kind of setting. Um, Since I don't have the Nordic team, uh, I will move sort of the uh, frozen uh, Wonderland um, stadium for Canada. So uh, they will be um, having that one. So, yeah, I'm going to have unique designs for each of them, but those are... um, some of the ones that I I really enjoyed. Um, And I think for the X Factor, um, I've been talking a lot about how this was modeled after FIFA and Madden. And, you know, it is mostly a serious sports game, but I do also want to keep um, some of the unique uh, goals that you were able to make in the first game. Um, Each team has, like, a special move that... Once you, um, you know, make enough good plays, either offensively or defensively, uh, you can use to score a few easy goals. Um, one example was like, I believe us for Gryffindor, um, Fred and George, they would fly next to each other, just passing um, a bludger back and forth with their uh, beater batons and then using it to knock the goalie out of the way while someone was able to score. So um, each team will have uh, some version of their special move, which they can use. Um, and there is also one other aspect um, similar to that uh, called the Beater Barrage. And um, this, again, you can build up, um, you know, points either by scoring or, or defending um, to be able to use this. And it's basically what it sounds like. Your, your beaters are able to um, use their budgers to basically plow through the opponent, either uh, take out all their um, defenders and keeper so you can score pretty easily. Or uh, maybe if you are having trouble on the defensive end, you can use this to stop an attack uh, from the other team and then regain a quaffle. So um, I'm throwing in some some arcade elements of what will otherwise be a serious sports game just to have some fun, uh, have some cool cinematics and just, you know, offer a little bit of a different uh, aspect of the game. So.
0: Okay. Ron, you you say serious. Are there going to actually be rules and like penalties cuz I don't think there was any penalties in the first game. Like especially through those like special moves like you said you could just knock someone like do things I'm pretty sure are illegal from what I remember from <laughs> R- the quidditch through the ages.
2: Yeah, um Yeah, there there will be a few. Um I don't want to you know, I mean <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes uh, the madness you get, um, uh, you know, during a sports match is, is when there is a bad call. And so, um, you know, and that aspect, obviously happens in sports video games, too. And you can't believe when the, you know, controller, when the computer calls a penalty on you and Madden, for example. So uh, there will be a little bit of that, but... Also, want to keep the sort of uh, you know, bending the rules aspect of um, the first game and and some of the more arcade ty- arcade style sports games. So,
0: very fair. It is a game played on brooms in the middle of the sky. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, Kyle, what, what are your thoughts on those uh, features?
1: Uh, I love it. I that was probably my favorite part of the original game was like the team based uh moves. It was always like so fun just to pull that. Um, yeah, so updating that you know for like a new game would be super fun and then the beater barrage is just uh hilarious to me so that's that would be super fun i would use that way too much and piss off all my friends um and and, then, yeah i love the idea of traveling to all these different stadiums um that's kind of a unique thing with this game a lot of sports games don't really take advantage of that i don't think so Uh, That would be really fun, especially like the Brazil stadium, having to like dodge actual wildlife and like uh, trees and stuff like that would be super, super fun. Adds kind of a a danger element to an already really dangerous game. So I feel like that would be super fun. Um, Yeah, this is this is such a great idea. Such a fun game from like my childhood. And I would love to see like an updated, renewed version of it. What's your console of choice, Ryan? Like what would you be playing this on? Uh, I mean,
2: I'm uh, a PlayStation guy, so that is um, what I would do. But I would not make it available to the main ones: so PlayStation, Xbox, uh, PC. Nice. Switch.
0: You know how Switch is. Yeah, yeah.
2: Got to <laughs> give Nintendo some love. So
0: <laughs> they're really weird about their games like that. Um, yeah, I dig it. Um, I, you know, I have to say, like the idea of customizing like the idea of like the backdrops for the locations i i think like you could even go even more hardcore and like really have the crowds be like really specific and like a- interact o- almost interactive like you see a lot of them like like almost cutaways when you score a goal and like have like the crowd section go wild and like have it be real animated i think that would be a really cool add-on to to a game like this you know right yeah no doubt um, I want to play this game. I don't know which game of yours I want to play more, guys. Um, a beat 'em up or a sports game? Those are two of like the games I end up playing the most. So uh, I dig it. Did Did you want to tell us any anything else about the game before we move on around?
2: No, I I think I went over everything. I, I just want to give a little bit of love to like my game idea that almost made the cut but didn't quite. Um, the other one I. I've, gave strong consideration to was i was going to do a um daredevil um telltale game uh where you you played as as daredevil fighting you know bullseye and you also played as matt murdoch um running a trial so um i just i had some issues like coming together with the story and and some of the other stuff so i decided not to go with that one but um that one was a lot of fun and uh Maybe for a, uh, a you know a future idea, someone can pluck that and uh, make it into a real game. So,
0: <laughs> a daredevil game would be super fun. Like yeah. I, I can just see the gameplay and that the ways you could play that. I would love the combat. Like daredevil is one of my favorite superheroes to watch fight. You know, like his yes. style's so dope. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I do think I like the Quidditch World Cup a little bit more though, just just a little. Um, <laughs> Well, that, that's Ryan's game, and I think before we get on to uh, the last bit of mine, we're going to take one last break.
1: Yeah, so then I just politely declined his offer to go back to his home with, uh, with him and his wife, and that's how I found out William Howard Taft was a swinger. Yeah, crazy story, right? Yeah, I know. Oh, hello there. Um, I didn't realize this was recording, but while we're here, <clears throat> Planet Fantasy is brought to you by the Coalition Against Dr. Pepper. Look, you know it, I know it, our safety, our health is being threatened right now, and that's by one thing, Dr. Pepper. Luckily, there is a cause working hard, working vigilantly against this heinous, heinous drink, and you can help. We are currently campaigning to get Dr. Pepper removed from grocery stores, gas stations, college campuses where we all know they do their worst work, and you can help. All you have to do is visit change.org slash Dr. Pepper equal Satan. That's change.org slash Dr. Pepper equal Satan. It's that easy. One click at a time, we're all going to remove this heinous drink and enter a Dr. Pepper list 2021. I believe it. You believe it. Let's make it happen, America. Back to, back to Planet Fantasy.
0: Hey guys and we're back and we just talked about Ryan's features and X factor of his video game Harry Potter Quidditch World Cup 2 and uh, I mean we were all just huge fans of the first one this one sounds like a home run out of the park um this might would end up being EA's biggest selling game I think I I, I would buy I would pirate it I should say <laughs> Oh no in, in this world uh no money so I would definitely buy it multiple times okay Ryan Um, so let's, let's go ahead and and talk about the features of my game guys. So, um, one, one feature I always like about some of my favorite RPG games are just like games where you're building up your skills. I like to call it use it and boost it. Uh, I love games where the more you use a skill, the better you get at it. Okay. So like the path you choose in the game will give you a higher starting base at that path's core skills. But of course you can always build up the other skills by using them, you know, um, essentially the game will always allow you to use whatever magic you want you you know you're allowed to use all the magic but of course you're going to be skilled in a couple different things and you're probably going to be a little bit more favorable in one or two different types but the more you use something the more you're going to get better at it so you know just sharpen those skills like i always loved playing skyrim and like seeing as you sneak up on somebody and then it's like oh, level increase just pop out of nowhere. Like yeah, I'm doing it right. You know, like I just love that kind of natural game building. Like I, I love ge- you know being given points and allotting those points to the ones you want. But it's just something about like grinding and like using that skill, like shooting shooting that bow and arrow, and then seeing that that bonus increase because you're you're using it so much and getting better and better. Um, I really like that. Um, custom creator marks um i you will be able to pick the voice of the bard for whenever they talk or sing uh you can choose how your handwriting and your drawing style looks uh you'll be able to choose your kind of style of dancing like what you're strong in and how you kind of look when you dance um i want to be super customizable as far as how you go in your art you know um to perform a lot of the spells and hexes of course um As far as like the normal game, if you're playing with a console, uh, a lot of it will be kind of rhythm based, you know, kind of think like rock band or something like that. Press the buttons at the right time to hit the right note or to hit the right dance move. Um, Ideally, this game is a VR game. And in that, you'll be moving along to the dance moves or you'll have a mic to even sing along to hit the right note. So, like, you can go as authentic and as immersive as you want or you can just go a little bit more old school and have fun with it um let's see also um uh the voice cast includes some of the best voices voices of our time okay like i want that to be probably like half the budget (laughs) okay um i want people like lin-manuel miranda post malone paul bettany uh rihanna thandy newton and Phoebe Bridgers. Like I, I would like to get Phoebe as a Vi if possible. Wow.
1: Way to <laughs> way to completely tilt the scales, Damon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um and, and yeah, um also like this is a fantasy type realm. Um, of course, so where magic has been around since like recorded memory. So this world's kind of like it's kind of kind of medieval sort of fantasy type there's no modern technology um and also so like it's kind of like a faux earth so you kind of have a bunch of the different types of uh, architecture and stuff going on but it's a whole different history and everything like that so you know it'll have a very similar vibe to a lot of things you'll be seeing like a lot of uh, influences of like european architecture and picked from here and there but it won't quite be the earth we know um and then just the x factor okay um the paths you finish. Uh of course that doesn't mean the game is over. Um once once you finish a path, it saves into your bank. Don't delete it. Once the sequel to this game comes out, uh you'll be able to upload whichever path you want into the game, which compl- which directly affects the start of the sequel. So therefore, however you play the first game will change every single step of the way of the sequel. So, who knows how the sequel will be until you play the first one? Um, so they're intrinsically tied together, and that's just essentially how this series will go. It'll essentially be just one. Like it, they might have like be even a hundred years into the future, and you're a completely different character. But what you did in that game affects the the future. You know, like you're a this famous bard. You know, and there's there's songs sung about you, something along those lines. So I just really want that connection from game to game. So, Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, I,
2: I really like it. Um, I, I like that you can do all different types of magic, um, but there are certain areas that you're more skilled in, and you might want to rely, rely on those a little bit more. Um, I really like what you said about the end, uh, or what you, you said at the end um, regarding your choices and your path carrying over to the next games i don't know if you guys played the dragon age games at all but um one of the things i really liked about that was um as the games went on there were a bunch of different choices that you made in the first game and second game that got imported to the later games and so um i really like that aspect of continuity uh with it and yeah just just overall i'm uh, i'm really excited about um all of your
0: ideas damon thank you thank you Kyle what do you what do you think
1: yeah I agree um I I love the Dragon Age games and that was that's like the best thing about those yeah I feel like more games should do that like I, I know it makes it a little less accessible because you have to be around for the long haul for the entire you know franchise but I love the idea of like playing a game and and carving out my own story and then going to the sequel of it and Having that continue instead of having to kind of like start over, um, so that's I really love that. Um, obviously, you 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 stole it with Phoebe Bridgers. Uh, <laughs> you had to play the Phoebe card, and now I'm obviously Team Damon. Um, but uh, I love this, especially when you mentioned VR because I, as someone who gets like motion sick very easily, I VR just it's not for me. But I love the idea of it, and I love how immersive it can get um like i I can get to like the office simulator and that's about as far as i'll go with vr games but something like this being vr would be so cool because that adds so much authenticity to it and so much um depth to it especially when you said like if you're uh if you're you know style of magic is uh as a singer and you get to actually bring like vocal skill into the game that's such a cool thing I, i i love that that's what I hate about, like, the Rock Band games and Guitar Hero is, like, you're not actually singing. You're just, like, raising your voice loud enough to, like, meet the the meter <laughs> in the in the song. So this being, like, you have to actually, like, reach the note or whatever is really cool. Um, I feel like I would probably go either, like, my first go-around, I would probably go with each path. But my first go-around, I'd probably either go Crafter... Cause that's just really intriguing to me or maybe storyteller because like that's what we're doing anyway with this podcast is just telling stories. So I feel like that would be fun. Um, what about you guys, Ryan, what what would be like your first path of magic you would go with?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I, I, a storyteller, sounds good. I think, um, illustrator, uh, as well. Um, I don't know though. They're like each of them sounds interesting to me. But yeah, I, I guess I would start with one of those two. Yeah,
0: I think dancer would be super fun. Like whether I have the VR and like I'm able to like you know have to hit the moves. Like essentially, like think of like what's it called? Uh, saber, Beat Saber. You know, eat, eat saber. Maybe, like, yeah. Beat Saber. Like saber, but just like with dance moves. You know, it's like just dance. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like to this really kind of like and I didn't even talked about what kind of music it's going to e- even be, but it's going to be like this really interesting like fusion of a bunch of different cultures, uh, just a bunch of lively kind of a uh, folky sounding music, you know, but with a bunch of kind of maybe modern touches here and there. Um, so just being able to dance to, to some really random kind of music like that would be super fun. And just to like, you know, hit a hip hop lock and drop it. And then you drop a house on somebody, you know, so <laughs> um but yeah i I think dancer would be fun crafter would be super cool um i mean like i'm just picturing like you know you're putting together um all these different kind of little trinkets that are you know ends up being really like these magical charms that helps you across your uh, adventure uh i don't know I I wanted to try to come up with like a little bit more concrete, like things you can do in this game. But like, then I just started going off in a spiral and then I was like, I don't want to write five pages (laughs) and you know, uh, no one was going to ever hear. So I I had to stop myself. Um, But yeah, um, I would, I would go through that, but I definitely would play every path. And then the the hard part would be to decide which path I would import first into the sequel. Right. Um, Any, any last thoughts about the game guys? I just
1: want to play it. <laughs> just, I just yeah. want to be in this. Movie. Like, that's just uh oh, man. It's so interesting.
0: Well, well then guys that, uh, I think finishes up that draft. Uh, we have three really great games. We got X-Men mutants rising. We got Harry Potter, uh, Quidditch world cup two. And we got Crete. World uh, the pass of the artist. Um, so two big IPs and then a very original idea. Um, very abstract idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, yeah, um, I think those are going to be awesome, and I think it's going to be a really big toss-up between you guys, (laughs) between who wins. Um, But uh, I would love to play these games. Like, in the world of video games right now, we're getting so many great, big, like, enthralling games with huge open worlds, great visuals. Like, so, I mean, to be able to to go back for, like, Harry Potter, you know, and play a fun sports game, like, I want to play more Quidditch. It, it's such an absurd game, but to be able to play it like that, like I remember playing it as, I think I rented it like probably once a month for a while there back in the day when it first came out. And yeah. then, I mean, X-Men, you have so many different characters and to be able to, to interact with them in that way that you're talking about would be super special. And it's something that no other X-Men game has even tried to t- tap into. So you yeah. have any thoughts about, about the games guys?
1: I agree. I just love how different they all are. Um, I think that even with the two very well-known IPs, we both went very creative routes with them. Um, I, I just love... Yeah, they all they all are very... Honestly, what's cool about it is they're all very marketable and, like... Uh, likely games to happen i mean i don't know if these three will be made ever but like kind of like you said we're in such a cool era of video games that like such creative things are happening um and such advancements in technology that I, i could see something like all three of these games happening like very soon especially with the developers we picked you know um naughty dog is like they never cease to impress me with the stuff that they put out so um yeah if you're listening to this naughty dog because we know this podcast is just popping off in, in the naughty dog office check you know check damon's idea out <laughs> uh so we heard about ryan's kind of alternate pick with the daredevil game damon did you have any like uh, other ideas you were going to go with
0: um you know i toyed like okay of course like an avatar the last airbender kind of game you know but i mean we've all thought about that game um Thought about that. I, you know, I, I was trying to just stay away from any, like, current IP. So I was just trying to come up with, like, some really abstract, original ideas. I was thinking either RPG or just, like, some sort of big adventure game. And then I I remembered this kind of uh, idea I, I thought of a while back. So I just kind of ran with it. Um, But, I mean, really any... I didn't really have anything else tied up except, like I said, the Avatar game. Because I think the idea of being able to... Any way you go with that, whether it's an open world or whether it's like a narr- story narrative, like being Ang in the gang or being a future avatar or creating your own character and doing that, there's so much things you could do, you know, being a different bender, it would be so fun to fight in that game. And I'd love it. find the Sky Bison would be so dope. I would own a Sky Bison. So what about you, man?
1: Uh, Yeah, there were... Like two ideas that I kind of juggled before this one. I thought briefly about like a Green Lantern game um, just because everyone knows. I I mean, I love Green Lantern. He's my favorite superhero. And then also just like we've got, you know, some incredible Batman Arkham games. And I'd love to see other superheroes really get like the glow up that he got with those games. Um, Like a Green Lantern open world game where he's traveling to different planets in his sector and and. Something like that would be really cool, but, like, it's just so hard to plot out a story like that when there's such a huge world to build from. And then another idea I had had came entirely from a random Tumblr post that I saw, like, years ago, but it's just so interesting to me. Um, They were basically talking about how, like, a survival horror game, but your mic is always on, and every sound you make attracts, like, whatever monster you're hiding from to your character, and you can't turn your mic off. And I was like, God, that would be so intense. And I don't know how I could flush that out to a full game, but that would be insane. Like, I would fuck love that. And. I think that, that would... would. Fuck <laughs> so, I, I, would,
0: yeah. I would. Nope. Because I, I would be, like, holding my breath the whole time. And they're like, oh, my God, I got to cough. And, I, like, you cough and, like, oh, crap, I'm dead. So yeah. that would be amazing because that would be such a great simulation of, like, having a killer try to kill you. I love that. Right. Uh, i think i've read that post before um (sighs) i want all those games i just want more video games you know this like i said this is a crazy great age um there's so many more games i want to buy so many crude ones coming out right now um before we go is there is there a certain game that uh, you have your eye on coming out in the next year or so uh ryan
2: um good question uh yeah kyle brought up the um the Arkham game, so I I think um, Gotham Knights uh, looks pretty interesting. Um, I know I saw, along with a lot of other things, that that just recently got delayed for another year. Um, So, yeah, that really interests me. And then also um, Vampires at Bloodlines, The Masquerade 2, I believe is the official title. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I played like an offshoot of that game um, and I, I really like um, the different sort of like vampire clans that they have and all the intrigue and like the, um, the sort of Game of Thrones aspect of like navigating the vampire hierarchy is um, really interesting to me. So uh, those are the ones that really stand out.
0: Nice. Ryan? I mean, Kyle? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm really interested in
1: that cyberpunk game coming out. I hope it's not at all disappointing and full of glitches because it definitely hasn't come out yet. Uh, so, yeah, I, I hope we, uh, all expectations are met with that one. Um, no, I mean, I, I'm a little, uh, out of the loop when it comes to new video games, but I, I agree. A lot of the DC stuff coming out looks interesting. Isn't there one where it's like you're the Suicide Squad versus the Justice League?
0: Yeah, yeah. I in that one. Like, you're like... I think you can play, like, King Shark, um, Harley Quinn, and uh, is it Deadshot? I
2: Probably think it is, Deadshot. It's Deadshot, and then the guy with the boomerang, his name escapes me.
0: Captain Boomerang? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think that is his name. <laughs> very on the nose. Yeah. Um, yeah, that game looks super fun, but I, I, I was very, very hyped for Gotham Knights, and I was very sad to hear it's uh, delayed, but maybe we'll get a much better game, like, Like jumping back and forth between being Red Hood and and Batwing, that sounds like a win. I'm I'm really hoping that uh, well. And also, I mean, you're fighting the Court of Owls. Like I've been waiting to see them in some sort of form. Um, There's whispers that that's going to be a part of the Batman, uh, the the Matt Reeves uh, movies. So yeah. But yeah. Um, Well, that's just us talking about some video games, guys. I hope y'all really enjoyed the episode. Ryan, thanks so much for joining us again um we already have you scheduled to be back on uh on one of our i think uh children of the tube episodes if i'm not mistaken i think you're are you joining from the 2000s yeah all right so that that'll be in a couple months and uh we might even have you back until uh, before then so uh, thanks for joining us man
2: yeah thanks for having me i always enjoy being on with you guys and uh, yeah i had a great time again tonight so
0: course and as always uh, if you have any ideas for episodes if you want to let us know who you think won the episodes or previous episodes always hit us up at planet.fantasypod at gmail.com follow us on our uh social media at planet.fantasy and uh you know we just try to have as much content going on as we can and uh hit us up kyle any any last thoughts
1: no, well uh, we'll see you guys next week with our um first entry in our series The Acolytes Acolytes of Film, of Film we're hitting you with the 1960s so see you guys next week
0: bye everybody